You're listening to the Evanston Bible Fellowship Podcast. EBF is a community of sojourners empowering one another to cultivate gospel transformation. To learn more about our church, visit ebfchurch.org. Good morning, EBF family. It's so good to be together and to see some really uh, festive sweaters out there. If this is your first time, you're like, what in the world is going on? Today is uh, Christmas Sweater Sunday here at EBF, and so a splash of joy in the midst of the Advent season, a season in which we eagerly anticipate the coming of Jesus Christ. And actually, that, as the magnetist, great job at the reading, reminded us that pink candle in, uh, in the Advent Wreath here reminds us of that joy in the midst of longing, joy in the midst of waiting. And we are in a series here at EBF called The Weary World Rejoices. And I think one of the things that God has done over the years, particularly in this season for my wife and I, is remind us of how God never wastes waiting. It might seem that way, especially when you're in the midst of that waiting and that longing, that anticipation, but God never wastes waiting. So many things, uh, we might even come in here this morning with so many things weighing on our hearts, other things kind of clamoring for our attention in this season, and not only that, but even being reminded of the, of the, the place in which we live, and I know for our family, Danielle's sister lives down in, in uh, southern Illinois, and we were, we were watching very closely as the storms went through there and other states in that path of the storm. So as we, even as we pray this morning, and even as we think about joy, I would love for us to be reminded of how God brings about joy even in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of hardship. My prayer is that we would be drawn out, drawn out of the noise, perhaps, around us into the drama, the drama of hope and peace, joy and love. Two Sundays ago, we were reminded that ho- we are to hope in the Lord because His promises are true. His Son has come, and His creation will be restored. And then last week, as we explored this magnificent theme of peace, peace with God and peace one another, we were reminded that we were all enemies of God alienated, separated, but peace has come through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And so this day, we turn our attention to joy. Let's pray. Triune God of holy love, you have revealed yourself to us in your word, and especially in the promises that we hear directed around your son, Jesus Christ, the promises spoken of the prophets, the longings and expectations in your word. And Father, we come with troubled hearts. Father, in the aftermath of these tornadoes that ripped through the states to the south of us, God, we pray that you would draw near, that you would comfort those who mourn. You would be with those that are recovering even now, God, and that you would bring hope and healing in the midst of that in those communities, and Father, would streams of living water flow through your gospel. Lord, 
shine your light now as we hear your word proclaimed. Open our hearts to Christ so that we may serve him with joy as we wait for his coming in glory. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Christmas is considered and supposed to be a joyous time. And even in the middle of Advent, as I explained, we have this splash of joy represented by the pink candle. This morning around the breakfast table when I was talking with my kids, Sam, our three-year-old, said, I love joy. That's my favorite part. At the same time, we recognize that for so many of us, joy can be hard to come by in this season. And it could be your family has been dealing with sickness, not perhaps COVID-related or otherwise. This could be the first Sunday or the first Christmas following the death of a loved one and those, those memories are coming, flooding back. Maybe in this season you've been struggling to find a job or wondering what's, going to, what's coming next. Maybe reality is not lining up with the expectations, your deep desire to see the family, maybe not only all together, but getting along together. In the midst of life's circumstances, can we really sing joy to the world? The Lord has come. Well, what does biblical joy look like and how is it different perhaps than the happiness that the world offers? And how can we have joy even in the midst of the difficult circumstances that we face in life? And that's what I'd love for us to spend a few moments on this morning as we trace this theme of joy through Scripture. Fourteen contours of joy, we might call them. Now, don't freak out. It's not like 14 points with lots of stuff embedded under each one. The note takers are already feeling their hands cramping. That's okay. This is more survey form. In fact, normally what we do here at EBF is we'll be in one passage of Scripture and go in more depth. Here, actually, the bulk of this message is Scripture, passages of joy, special emphasis on the Psalms as we trace these 14 contours of joy. There's so many words in Scripture that are connected to joy, whether it be joy, rejoicing, praise. But a biblical understanding of joy begins with the realization that God himself is our joy, that he is the source of all joy. Psalm 43, verse 4 says, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Unending joy is found in God's personal presence. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God himself is our joy, and God calls all people to join in the joy that he offers. His joy is worldwide in scope. Psalm 66 1 through 2 says, shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. And his joy transcends ethnic barriers. Psalm 67 verse 4 says, may the nations be glad and sing for joy. 
For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. God calls all people to join in the joy that he offers. And third, the word of God enheartens us with joy. That's probably not a word we use all that much anymore, or maybe never. Not sure if it even works for Scrabble or not, but you can be the judge this season when you're playing Scrabble and you try to play enhearten. But that word basically has to do with restoring strength and courage. And Psalm 19, verse 8 says, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. In a similar way, Psalm 119, a magnificent psalm focusing on the, on the word of God, verse 111, your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. Not only does the word of God enhearten us with joy, but the joy of the Lord is our strength in times of need. Nehemiah 8, verse 10, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in a similar way, Psalm 126, verse 5, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. In Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Fifth contour, the people rejoice because the Lord is king of all the earth. Psalm 98, in fact, if you wouldn't mind flipping over to that particular psalm, Psalm 98 is what inspired Isaac Watts to write the hymn, Joy to the World. Joy to the World, which in many ways is not necessarily simply a Christmas song. It is a song of, it is a song of joy that spans the entire storyline of Scripture, even pointing forward to that day when No more sins or sorrows will grow or thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. Psalm 98. Let's read this together. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. The Lord is the king of all the earth. And sixth contour, Israel's joy anticipates the coming of the Messiah. This is what we heard especially in these two passages, Zephaniah 3 and and Isaiah 12. The writing of the Old Testament prophets looks beyond current suffering to the coming of the Messiah who would bring fullness of joy. And the prophet Zephaniah, writing during the reign of King Josiah in Judah, warns the people to return to God, and he speaks of a time, a joyful time, when God will bring about his promised restoration. I don't know if you caught this when Zephaniah 3 was being read, but there are so many terms in these verses, particularly in verses 14 and 17. 
that surround joy, from singing to shouting aloud, being glad and rejoicing in our hearts. In verse 17, taking great delight, rejoicing with singing. The prophets saw the day when the longed-for Messiah would appear, bringing joy. In a similar way, the prophet Isaiah speaks of a coming day when according to Isaiah 12, verse 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. One would come who would bring streams of living water, living water in the desert. Seventh contour, joy surrounds the announcement and the birth of Jesus. We're perhaps reminded of this even more around this season when we, when we read these passages and are reminded of situations like the child in Elizabeth's womb expressing joy. Luke 1, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, leaped for joy. The shepherds and the wise men as well join in the rejoicing. Luke 2, verse 10, but the angel said to them, the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And in a similar way, Matthew 2, verse 10, when the wise men, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Eighth contour, Christ's earthly ministry was characterized by joy. Christ's earthly ministry, is, I would say, particularly in the gospel according to Mark, or the gospel according to Luke. In Luke 10, 20, Jesus teaches, teaches, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And in the very next verse, Jesus is described as full of joy through the Holy Spirit as he prays to his Father on behalf of his followers that were, that were there before him. The people praise God as Jesus enters Jerusalem in Luke 19, 37 through 38, and what's, what's known as the triumphal entry. It says, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Not only does Christ's earthly ministry, not only is it characterized by joy, it drips with joy, but Jesus willingly went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. Hebrews 12 reminds us of this great and profound mystery. For the joy set before him. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for the joy set before him. The truth, dear friends, is that the triune God is himself the giver of joy. We see God the Father filling us with joy when we trust in him. Romans 15, 13 reminds us of this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. The God, the, God the Father fills us with joy when we trust in him and then Jesus gives us his joy and makes his joy complete. John 15, 11. 
I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God the Father filling us with joy, Jesus giving us his joy and making it complete. And yes, joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Galatians 5 reminds us of that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The triune God is the giver of joy. Not only that, but but continuous joy is found only in the Lord. Continuous joy. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Continuous joy is found only in the Lord What's more, joy, in some more even mysterious passages, joy is forged in the crucible of suffering. Joy is forged in the crucible of suffering. James 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. In Romans 5, verses 3 to 4, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. We'll come back to this thought of how joy is forged in the crucible of suffering. 13, the kingdom of God is a matter of joy that no one can take away. No one can take away. Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 22 says, So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. The kingdom of God is a matter of joy that no one can take away. And 14th, when we are reunited with God, we will enter perfect joy. We will enter into perfect joy. Matthew 25, verse 23, Jesus declares, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's joy. And then in this beautiful benediction in Jude 24 and 25, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. If we were to try to take these various contours of joy and, and synthesize them to a certain extent, this is, a, this is perhaps my very feeble attempt at that, to come up with what a biblical definition of joy could be. Here's my attempt. Biblical joy is a quality that is grounded in God and his word, given by God through faith, grown in times of suffering, and guaranteed for all eternity. Biblical joy is a quality 
more than it is an emotion. It is an orientation of the very heart. And as we saw, it is an aspect of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Like we've seen these past two weeks with hope and peace, joy itself has past and present and future connotations as well. A biblical understanding of joy begins with the realization that God himself is the source of all joy. That unending joy is found in his presence. And he has revealed himself to to us through his word. And a hunger and thirst for, for God's word cultivates in us even a deeper sense of joy. God fills us with joy as we trust in him. Christ gives us his joy and makes it complete. And joy is demonstrated in our lives as the fruit of the Spirit. You can, you can hear in that the Trinity at work in giving and cultivating and perfecting joy in our lives. Joy is not static. We are called to have it continually and even in times of hardship, even in times of suffering. We can have joy no matter what our circumstances are because of the profound mystery that God himself, who is the very source of joy, knows the end from the beginning and everywhere in between. He is with you, he is for you, and his presence with you today is your rest. God's joy then looks forward to Christ's return and the ultimate victory. It is our blessed hope for all eternity. Biblical joy, dear church, is a quality that is grounded in God and his word, given by God through faith, grown in times of suffering, and guaranteed for all eternity. I'd love for us to just reflect on three takeaways as we consider this this great truth. The first is that this is maybe one of the toughest ones of all. The joy is commanded of all of us. Psalm 32, verse 11, Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Psalm 33, verse 1, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. But what happens when we don't feel like rejoicing? We need to be reminded that happiness, especially the happiness that the world offers us, is fleeting. Why? Because it often depends on the circumstances that surround us. But true joy is eternal because it is based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. In Augustine, I think put it very well when he said, Father, command what you will and grant what you command. He recognized that God commanded certain things of him that I'm sure you're there too, that we cannot just simply conjure up on our own. Ask God as Augustine did. Pray in essence, God, if you're going to command these things, give them when you command them. Grant what you command. Second, joy is forged through the crucible of suffering. Once more, 1 Peter 1, verses 6 through 8 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, 
of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Friends, the New Testament writers acknowledge that suffering can produce joy. This is the first, or I would say this is seen first and anticipated in the Old Testament, but our rejoicing in times of difficulty is distinct because it is only possible through the suffering of Jesus Christ himself. And we should rejoice in suffering because it leads not only to heavenly reward, but it, it molds our character and conforms us more into the image of Christ. It demonstrates our endurance in the race of faith, and it is ultimately for the sake and for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I love this picture that we see in Acts 5, verses 40 and 41. Think about, think about the disciples for a moment. Jesus had told them that there would be pain, that they would suffer on account of his name. And in Acts 5, we see Peter and John, who had been pro boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are, they are arrested, and they are brought before the religious leaders, and then basically here's like the sentencing, I don't know a better way to call it necessarily, but verse 40 says, they, go, they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. <laughs> In some way, I almost pictured them in that moment going, yes. <laughs> First of all, what our Savior said is coming about. But they rejoiced in being found worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Third takeaway, joy is meant to be shared. Joy is meant to be shared. In Luke 1, 57 to 58, we have this beautiful picture of this. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, that is John, right? She gave birth to a son. And then verse 58, her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. I love that picture. Similarly, in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 3, Paul writes, I wrote as I did so that when I came, I would not be distressed by those who should have made me rejoice. I had confidence in all of you that you would share my joy. My wife and I are feeling a sense of this in this season of, and have been just overjoyed in what God has done in bringing about this pregnancy in our lives, but it has been beautiful to walk through that with all of you to share in that joy. And in, in an even greater sense, in this season, will we share the joy of what God is doing in our lives, what he has first done in drawing him, drawing us to himself and making us kingdom laborers for him. Will we share that joy with those around us? Will we show to a watching world what God is doing, the difference that he is making in our lives? 
And will you live out true joy in the midst of a culture that seeks often fleeting, fleeting forms of happiness? Share your joy. Joy is meant to be shared. And so, church, let's hear this one last time. Biblical joy is a quality that is grounded in God and His Word, given by God through faith, grown in times of suffering, and guaranteed for all eternity. We can sing these words, and we are about to sing these words. You couldn't let us go past this without singing joy to the world, right? Let us sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Would you stand with me as we pray? Oh God, would you continue to bring joy into this world? God, bring joy into this world through the coming of your Son. Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts to receive the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We long for that day, Lord, when heaven and nature will sing at his glorious return. As we wait, Lord, fill us and overflow us with joy, deep joy that defies our circumstances. Preserve us, O Lord, through times of suffering so that our joy that is found in you, Lord Jesus, may be complete. During this Advent season, may we share the joy of Christ with everyone around us for your glory, honor, and fame. We pray this in the precious and matchless name of our Savior, looking forward to his return. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To hear more messages from EBF, subscribe to our podcast. And to find out how to get connected with our church, visit ebfchurch.org.